Welcome to Brand Appeal, where we talk about brand storytelling in the digital age. I'm your host, Shannon Peel. Today, I talked with Marcio Santos from Nerd Digital about how to market your course to get more sales in a shorter period of time. So if you have a course and you're trying to sell it, this is the episode for you. Tell me, Marcio, thank you very much for joining me, but tell me, what is it that you want to be known for? Oh, good question. So first off, thank you for, for having me on your show, Shannon. Um, excited to, to be here. What I want to be known for is being the best coach of course creators, uh, specifically around marketing their courses. That's what I want to be known for. So about marketing their courses or creating a course on marketing? No, and helping them market their course. I've worked with dozens of course creators already. I used to work with many different brands and different industries and, and different business models, but now I'm I'm really focused on working specifically with course creators and I find it interesting and fun to help them tweak how they present their, their course Mm -hmm. so that they can sell more. So what kind of things are they tweaking? Like what kind of things are you finding that they're not quite doing right that they need help on? There's really two things I'd say that we work, actually three things that we work on when it comes to tweaking. The first part is the product itself. And the product, there are two sides to that. There's one side that you show to the customer, and then there's one side internally. Mm-hmm. Inter- most of the times, I think our mind initially goes to, goes after that second part, which is like, okay, if you're talking about the product, you're talking about what modules should I have? How many more modules and how many more videos? And should I add more and more and more and more to my course? And and to a certain degree, yes, you want to you want your course to be comprehensive and to answer all the 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 most important questions to get your customer to that end transformation. Mm-hmm. But there's a, a, another side to refining the product, which is on the packaging of it. Oftentimes what you can do is simply change how you present it, what you highlight and how you speak about it and, and to whom do you speak about it for as well to greatly enhance it, the packaging without having to change the middle. So let's say that you have a, to use an analogy here, I just came up with this idea here of a pie. Maybe you you have a pie that is a, a plain old apple pie, but maybe people are getting kind of sick and tired of apple pies. So you can call it, you know, a gluten-free, all-natural, plant-based pie, which, you know, hits on these trendy ideas and trendy uh, things that people want in food. Well, that might hit a nerve and might capture the attention of, of an audience where you're able to sell more of your pie without actually changing your pie. You're just changing how you speak about the pie and the packaging of it. But the pie inside is still going to be that plain old apple pie recipe that you've been enjoying for, for so long. You're just going to stop using flour. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you, you, you replace <laughs> it with some kind of other flour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe even making those tweaks to make it just that little bit more niche. You're, you're looking for the niche of the niche. Going from... Apple pie is your niche, and now you're going into, okay, I want this niche of that. I, th- I think there's, yes, I think there's truth to that. Being able to speak to one unique avatar mm-hmm. um, with one unique solution and in a unique way. And the unique way that I always work with my clients is through a course. So that's the, the delivery mechanism. And when we speak about the avatar, yes, I think it's, it's always better if you can get more specific because the more specific you get, usually that person has a more, let's say, more stressful situation or really has a pain point that they're like, yes, I want this solved right now. 
Yeah. You, you really want to be able to sell to people like that because people that are kind of on the fence, like, ah, sure, I could or could not buy that, or they don't have enough pain, enough pressure to pull out their credit card and, and, and take action. Have one course that you could actually package numerous different ways to appeal to different niches. That's true. And yet or they're you could, all taking the same course, but yet they've all been sold a different piece of it. Yeah. So on that, I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure on that part because if you're going to sell something to, again, it depends on how niche you are, right? So if you have like our course, for example, I think we could sell to more. So for example, right now we've been selling to, we have a course that is for productivity, one that's for speaking for founders, another one that is for finance for founders. So we don't have a really specific type of niche that we serve within the course creator market. Mm -hmm. But I guess, just thinking out loud here, if you were to take your offer and your offer was for a specific audience, we'd have to come up with something, and you wanted to just change the audience, I don't know that you could do that. But Well, if, you, okay, so one is yours is for speakers, right? Mm, right. Right. So you could package it as speaking courses for lawyers who are in court. And then you can package it as a speaking course for startup entrepreneurs who are looking to pitch to VCs. Mm -hmm. And you could package it as a speaking course for authors who are looking to sell more books by doing the circuit. You know, you just have all of these different ways, but it's still the same course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, I see, I see your point. Yes, I think to a certain degree, Shannon, you, you could get away with that. But if you really wanted to, to, to really convert people, in the end, you're going to have at least some of your modules will need to be specific to that avatar, to that problem, because a lawyer, the context that the lawyer is operating in is, is definitely different than one of a founder trying to raise money versus mm-hmm. trying to get somebody off a sentence, for example or reduce sentence or whatever. But I see your point. And, and I think that's uh, that's very clever. They might be, they all start on the same course. And then you get to a point where it's like, okay, so are you a lawyer? Are you a, an entrepreneur or an author? And then that determines whether or not they get the, the, the add-ins or which plug-in mm-hmm. they get. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, that, that could work. Um, I haven't seen it work, but... I, I guess it could, yeah. I, th- I don't I think know. The, the thinking is is sounds interesting. One thing that I will say about that is, when you're trying to market your course, it's it, the faster you can get the person to the transformation, the better. Okay. And usually, what that means is you understand the problem and the person and the context that they're operating in much better. Therefore, if I'm creating a course for marketers, for example. Or we can go back to the lawyer idea that you mentioned. I would be able to get you to a converse, to a transformation much quicker if I made everything specific to a lawyer. Even um, the begin from the beginning to the end through the exactly. whole course, and you're talking about the legal. You could take the same course. You would just have to change the wording. So now you have three courses. You're not having to restructure everything. You're just having to massage depending on the niche that you're selling it to. Right. So going back to the apple pie thing, like one apple pie is gluten-free, one apple pie isn't gluten-free, one apple pie has raisins. Right. So let's, yeah, let's, let's stick to this apple pie idea. 
the way you could think about this is more one one idea is for example on seasonality so think about apple pie and how apple pie might sell you might come up with a with some messaging for new years mm-hmm. and this this might be you know don't gain weight new year's apple pie because we all eat too much over holidays and so that is the positioning that's the offer of this apple pie recipe it maybe has reduced sugar maybe it has reduced fat in the spring, maybe you want to relaunch this recipe. You want to do a new launch for your pie. Now you're talking about the high protein mm-hmm. or the high energy or high alertness, whatever apple pie. And so I think if you think about your course more in that vein, what, what happens is you can change your, your messaging and change your offer so that if it ever does get fatigued in your market, you can just simply change the wrapper of it, but you're still targeting the same type of people. Okay. Uh, the same problem, same people, just different wording. Right. To try to get them re-engaged in the product offer. Right. And, and you can tweak that as well, right? So, mm-hmm. for example, there's this exercise that you could do. I was doing this today, actually, where you can do a 10x to 1x exercise. And what this means is think of your course and ask yourself the question, if somebody were to pay you 10 times more than what you're charging them now, what would you include in your program? Mm-hmm. And then you can think through some ideas there. And then you can ask yourself the other question is like, well, what if you had to, to someone just paying you, you know, one X of what, what you're paying? So divide your price by 10. What would that look like? Right. So if you had to reduce your price by 10, then what would your course look like? Would this turn into a one day workshop? Would it be like a, like a, a downloadable tool? What would that look and feel like? And doing this exercise is really interesting because then you can start to spot some creative ideas that are really uh, divergent that can help you come up with things like, you know what, if I just add one phone call mm-hmm. with my customers, that one phone call alone could be worth thousands of dollars in terms of value for them, which really for me will cost me like 15 minutes. But the perceived value for my customer will help them feel like they're going to get to the outcome much faster and more predictably. They're going to have to do much less work, less stress. So for them, you're enhancing the offer by just adding like a, a phone call, for example, that could be. Like office hours? No, no, it, it could be an office hours. Office hours usually are something like a group call. Okay, okay. Whereas you could do like a one-on-one phone call where I'm looking specifically only at your situation, only at your questions, and I'm giving per, like individualized feedback on you, only for you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can think about something like that. What, how much of value added are you willing to add to the generic product? Right, so uh, the, part, the, the idea of the exercise is to, is to find what else could you offer in your program without changing the entire program? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just one little offer, one little bonus, for example, or one extra module or one element of a module that could greatly enhance your, your offer without having to do a ton of work. And so, as you said, it would add a lot of value to your customer without hopefully adding too much cost for you for fulfillment. So you're keeping the core course. You're not messing with your course. You're just giving an extra little bonus. Correct sign up between now and this date and you'll get X. Right. So that's something what you just, what you just touched on there is this idea of, of urgency. Right. And so that's something that we work on in in step three, when we really get into the launch process with our customers and urgency and scarcity are these two really powerful psychological triggers that as you as a marketer, I know you've seen this everywhere, but they, they work. 
right? Mm-hmm. So if you if you make an offer to somebody and maybe they're on the fence, a lot of the time, if there's a limitation in terms of time, that creates a sense of urgency and people can feel compelled to say, wait, if it's only until tomorrow, let me at least stop, take a look, and maybe I'll consider to see, you know, what am I going to miss out on? Yeah. That can often be enough for somebody to actually stop and consider your offer other than, you know, just, oh, it's another email. It's another pop-up. It's another ad. It's an, the urgency can really, really help. And we've, we've seen that in our campaigns, you know, 60% of sales come in the last 24 hours. As long as it's something unique to that moment. Because if I get those emails all the time where, oh, 30% off until, well, I know deadline's going to come and go. And then it's going to be 30% off again. And I'm going to start getting the 30% off again emails. Yeah, that's a very important observation. I think whenever you run a campaign, whenever you make an offer, I think you want to be honest and transparent with, with your audience. If it is, in fact, something that expires and will never be there again, then that's what you want to say. But that, to your point, if you say it, but you don't stick to your guns and next week you offer it again, then it's not really something that is unique and time limited. It's it's time limited for this week, but you're going to offer it again next week. Well, okay, well then you then, kind of lose that that bullet in your in your arsenal. Yeah, because there's no teeth to it. There's no point. Plus, mm-hmm. you lose trust because if you tell me that this is the one and only time that you're going to get it at this thing, and or let's say I come in and I buy it and then I see it the next week, it's offered again. I'm going to feel upset. Or if I don't buy it and it comes up again, I'm going to be like, well. If they aren't honest about this, how honest are they going to be about everything else that they do? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be transparent and honest right from the beginning. And there are a lot of marketing tricks that marketers use that aren't necessarily 100% transparent and honest. True. Yep. Do you use a specific marketing system out there to sell these courses? Right now we use a system, but our what we really try to stick to is the fundamentals of how you implement the system. Mm-hmm. And what I mean is how you, you refine your product, how you create your funnel, and then how you launch. The core of our training is really based around those three phases. The execution of that can take many shapes. So you could potentially take our, our training and use it on a WordPress site or ClickFunnels or System.io, whatever platform you use currently, whether you use even another different emailing system, our, our training will still work for you. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it's a little bit agnostic in that way, though we do provide templates ready to go, tried and, and tested already for a system that, that it's called System.io. And it, it, we found it to be a really great tool for for anybody that's getting started or or, or is looking to scale their their uh, sales today so out of all of them what's your favorite one again system.io it's s-y-s-t-e-m-e dot i-o i have not heard of that one yeah it is a, a one of the newer platforms out there but it's really great because it has the essential capabilities of something like click funnels so you can create mm-hmm. a funnel you can do it very easily it comes with an emailing capability built into it. So you don't have to buy this thing for, for your funnels and then another thing for your free email, like MailChimp or something. And you can also build like landing pages and a website with it. it I really feel that it gets you to 80% there 
mm -hmm. the text of the technical things that you would need to have a fully functioning funnel without too much complication and without paying so much money. So there's a, even a free plan that you can start off and create a funnel with. Well, that's great. Cause yeah, those funnel, that click funnel isn't a cheap program if you're not selling. Mm -hmm. And if you're selling, it doesn't matter how much it costs, right? If it work, if it's working, uh, you're making your money back and then multiple on top of that, you're not really going to really going to be upset, but if it's not working, then, you know, some of these systems aren't all that cheap. And yeah, so, annoying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so to that point, in terms of the cost, I, I, one, there's two things I would say about that. One, when we talk about revenues, it's, it's one thing. Another thing is profits. And, and one thing that we always try to focus on with our customers is how profitable are we? It's really fun and nice to talk about, hey, we generated X thousands of dollars in revenue or millions of dollars in revenue. But how profitable are we really at the end of the day? How much of that are we keeping? And that's a product of how much you're spending versus how much you're making. Right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's an approach I think is, is important to, to always consider as a business owner. And then the second thing is the cost in terms of time. Time will never come back. As you said, if you're making money, you, you can pay for tools and, and everything. It, it's simply a line item. Mm -hmm. but your, your time is, is precious and it's, it's finite. So if you can find a tool that can save you time from having to go here and there, log in here and connect here and integrate there, I find that like super, super valuable. So that, that's another reason why we've decided to, to recommend this tool for our customers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of times creating these workflows and these automated softwares takes a lot of time up front to create them. And it's great if it all works, but sometimes what you think is going to happen isn't necessarily what happens. And then you got to go and rebuild it or, or build something different. And you've just done it twice. So how important is it to understand the process before you automate? It's super important. And that's why our, our training is focused on the fundamentals. So once you, you get your product down, right? Once you've really got clear on your transformation, on your avatar, and how you package your messaging, then you're ready to really go in and build your funnel. And your funnel is made up of basically these three essential parts that any funnel has to have. You can always add more and, and, and things, but you really need a way to convert people into leads. Mm -hmm. Then you need a way to build trust with this audience that has never heard from you before other than this lead magnet. And then you need a way to nurture them with emails. Mm -hmm. Every funnel basically has these three core pillars about them. You can add tons more detail with a pop-up, with customized landing pages. With There's a, a million things you could add. But if you really get those three things right, you'll be well on your way to, to being successful in attracting traffic, converting them into leads, and nurturing them into prospects for your next launch. When it comes to the results that you've seen, and you're talking about pop-ups, and you're talking about extra steps, you know, oh, we'll get this and then add-ons and add-ons and add-ons. Is there a point where it gets so annoying that people just go, okay, forget it. I don't want these pop-ups. I don't want these emails, the, all these offers. It's just too salesy. No, I don't see that in, in the data. Um, what I do see is that there are people who, I, I've learned this from someone, this, this term, this terminology, which is some people are in the fast lane and some people are in the slow lane. 
And some of your buyers, what this means is some of your buyers will come in through your funnel and they're ready to buy. So if you're talking about um, market appeal, mm -hmm. and let's say, for example, market appeal has a course about starting a podcast and specifically is how to start a, a podcast for people that are in marketing and they have an agency. If that is something that I'm in the market for, I want to buy that right away. Mm -hmm. I'm the type of person that I want to take action very quickly. And if you have the right solution and it looks really speaks to me, where's the buy button? I want it now. Whereas there are other people that aren't in the market right now. Maybe they're, they just bought something. Maybe they're in the middle of something that this is something for the next semester or next year. So they're kind of not really excited to check it out. This isn't urgent for them. And so they're, they're more slow lane people. For the fast lane people, they're going to see your emails. They're going to see your offers and they're going to take action or not. For the slow lane people, they probably won't even open your email. Mm -hmm. right? And so I think that's, that's more a, a generalization that I think has held true the most versus the, this idea that I'm going to piss somebody off by sending them an extra email. I, I've seen clients send people emails, for example, during a launch or getting close to launch where we send one email or even multiple emails a day. Mm -hmm. I've also seen getting close to a launch where we send one email a week, one email every three days. And it's always been better to send more emails than fewer emails. Really? That's interesting yeah. because Canadians tend to not want to bug people. They are worried about pissing people off. They don't want to use that Americanized sales marketing language they want to be really, oh, well, we're just going to offer it, like passively offer it. And if they pick up the ball, great. And if they don't, well, that's okay. We'll, we'll come back to this next month. But that's not working. It's this more salesy language where it's here, here's the urgency, here's the offer. It's very specific. Do it now or it's gone. And that's what works. That is a way that I've seen that works really, really well. And I think one thing that you want to keep in mind is that you're in your business. And it, it, when you're developing your offer, you read this over and over and over again. Whereas the person that's receiving this, they've never heard from you. Mm -hmm. It's possible that they could have heard about a similar offer, but they could also have not. And because it's very familiar to you, we have this natural bias to think like, oh, man, I've been reading this. Everybody must hear about this. That's not true. Um, the person that's receiving this, the reason why they signed up in the first place is because your lead magnet initially was answering a specific problem along that path. Usually on the path of transformation of your course. So here, this is the, the finish line. You have a start. And in between, before you get to the finish line, you have these intermediate steps. And your lead magnet is usually you take out one of these steps and you say, okay, look, I'm going to create a lead magnet for this step right here. You create a lead magnet for that. That speaks to one of the challenges that your audience faces on the path to the transformation, right? So to cross this finish line, you have to do A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. I'm going to give you C right now, mm -hmm. right? And so if they downloaded C, that means that they are in the markets and somehow, some way, they have that problem. You're helping them solve that problem. And so the conversation should be, hey, so-and-so, I see that you downloaded this. Here's a solution. Are you also interested in solving D and E and F? Did you know about G and H? Because you can't really get to the transformation by only solving C. Mm -hmm. 
I, I think you want to think about the conversation more, more like that. Like, what are the, the different steps that people need to take? And what are the things people that just, they just aren't aware of, right? So if you give them C, mm-hmm. the idea really should be, hey, well, you give them C, then it becomes a series of emails that they get that tell a story over time. But you're talking about one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right? That those are, I think you said it really well there, Shannon. One thing that I learned about email marketing is that each email that you send should be one conversation, mm-hmm. one talking point. And you should think about it like you're like we're having this conversation right now, or we're standing in, you know, we're at the door or we're going somewhere, and we're having one topic point. Hey Shannon, have you heard about the, the new apple pie at so and such and such place? That's the only thing you're gonna talk about in that conversation. That's the only thing you're gonna talk about in that email. That's right. So it, it starts with the apple pie, apple pie, that's read that email, get the apple pie or read more about the apple pie. Your next email is going to talk about something else. Oh, did you hear about the cappuccinos that go with the apple pie? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just like you were saying with the A, B, C, D, F, G, it's you start with C and now all your emails are going to be A, B, D, E, F, G, H, just but little snippets, not the whole pie, just little tastes because right. you want them to buy in at the end. So and there's each so the, time you're offering them to buy the the course. Yeah, so it depends. So if we if we put some context into this, you can think about your general nurturing emails. So the mm-hmm. the the emails that you send to people once they've joined your funnel, maybe you send them ten, maybe you send them twenty or thirty. Depends at the time of the year how your emails are going to be set up. Another type of emails for context are your launch emails. Now your launch emails are really this timed set of emails that launch for seven days or 10 days or 14 days or 21 days, however long your launch is. And usually your launch emails are really tight. So it's one after the other one, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, for several days on it until you close cart. Mm-hmm. So, so the launch sequence of emails is, is somewhat different than your nurturing emails. Your nurturing emails are usually emails that are used to highlight some of the pain points and some of the conversations that are probably going on in the mind of your consumer. And so these can be things about specifically about the problems that you solve in your course, but you can also take cues from the market. So for example, if you sell a course, even if you don't sell a course, but uh, this conflict, this terrible conflict that's going on right now in Russia and Ukraine, you could leverage that as a talking point Mm -hmm. and use that as a subject line, use that as a talking point, and then segue into something about how your course or even how your community is, is, is fighting uh, or, or raising funds or, or doing something with regards to something that's going on in the news, you could perhaps put that in your nurture sequence as a, as a way to stay in front of your audience and get their attention. Mm-hmm. It is a structure. There is a pathway. It isn't just throw everything at them at once and then they're going to buy. You have a specific way of taking the big brand story, breaking it into pieces and then telling it over time as if it's like a TV show. Correct. That, I love how you put that. Um, it, it made me see this. I'm having, I must be hungry or something because I'm thinking about pie again. And <laughs> no, it just, I want pie, damn it. <laughs> yeah, it made, me, it made me think about you. You, know, you have your brand store and you're cutting up these different slices. And as marketers, I think we have, again, we may have this bias to think like, okay, I have this huge, beautiful apple pie. Let me just... You know, hey, here, come and, and eat this big pie. But 
nobody really eats pie like that, right? We, we usually eat one little bit by bit and bit. And so it, it's usually a better idea to break your course down in your offer into multiple pieces as opposed to offering it one big thing. So if you yeah. give, so to put this into context of the course world, if you have a course and you simply say, my course cost $10,000 or $1,000, whatever, here's the course, you would sell more if you were to take that course and break it down into its components and show the, show the person you get this and it's worth 1,000. You get this solution and that's worth 500. You get this solution and you really break out the tiny little pieces that this person's gonna nibble on here and there and there until they get to the final transformation. This might be the same price, but it's more compelling of an offer than one big you know, elephant. Here, try to eat this elephant all in one bite versus trying to eat it you know, in these small little bite-sized pieces over time because the mind simply can't comprehend well, there's less uh, risk with if you're paying over time, if you're paying for like a piece, there's less risk and it's more manageable in some ways. But if you if I come up and I say, okay, how much for the pie? And you say it's $30 for the full pie. Well, the first thing we're like, well, I don't even know if I'm going to like that pie. So how much for a piece of pie? Mm-hmm. So give me a piece of pie. I'll pay for the piece of pie, $3 or whatever. And then if I really like that pie, I might get another piece. Or now I'm going to start coming in and with my coffee, getting more pieces of that pie. Mm-hmm. And I can afford $5 with my coffee every day for that piece of pie. But $30 all at once is just a little bit hard to swallow. Yeah. So, you know, it's all about pricing, 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 pricing. And how do you price it? That's an important question. That's a that's a very big one. And and ideally, I think I think the way I would answer pricing is you want to take a the direction that you want to take in terms of your pricing is to try and price as high as possible, right? You want to get as much as you can for your efforts, mm-hmm. and the way you can do that is by being as helpful to your customer as possible. Now. In a free open market, there are tons of tons of ways of getting solutions, right? So you can buy a course, you can hire a coach, you can go Read to a book. library, right? You could go to a library, get a stack of books and solve it that way. Mm-hmm. You could ask for help. You can hire an intern. There's a tons of ways that you can get to a solution. So your course or your program, your coaching, whatever you, you call it, should be something that is head and shoulders above your competition. And I think one thing that you touched on was risk. How can you reduce risk for your customer, even with your pricing? Mm-hmm. So the final price of the investment of the program might be higher than your competitors, but you can still come in at a lower price point. What I mean by that is you can have an onboarding fee that let's say your competitor sells their course for $5,000. You sell your course for $1,000 to begin with, and then 10,000 once they get the transformation. And only when they get to the transformation, what happens is you're going to charge two times more, two times more than your competitor, which is very significant. Mm-hmm. And for your customer, they're going to pay more, but their perceived their perception about the risk is is much lower, right? Because after the thousand dollars spend, the investment, what you're going to provide them with is you're going to give them a strategy that they can take and walk away with that is theirs to keep. Mm-hmm that they can even implement without you, then you're going to continue to work with them for a specific period of time until you get, they get to that final transformation. Like 
building a shed or losing weight or learning to make apple pie. They're telling their right. own story. Right. So that, that's a way like to, to think about pricing. Directionally, I would say, try to price for as much as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. Do that. The second thing is do that by offering a course that's comprehensive and really takes, uh, takes your customer to the end in, in the most complete way as possible. Uh, and then three, try to price against performance. So mm -hmm. get them in the door with a price that it's, they can't say no to, but then anchor the final price on performance. Mm -hmm. Well, there's that building trust piece that you're talking about. And if it works, I'm going to pay because I want, you know, it's, it's worth it for me. Mm -hmm. But so many courses out there, I you know, people have spent tons of money and gotten nothing out of it, and they've been burned. So, you know, they go and they go, well, I'm not going to pay for another course because I've done, I've tried this before. Yeah, your content may look great. I may read all your blog articles. I may listen to all your podcasts. You know, I may even buy that workbook that you got or you know, maybe I'll come to a free workshop or something, but I'm not going to buy because I've been burned before. How can we communicate the big value behind that paywall? So I think there's a, there's a few things there. One is we, we really have to understand the context of where that person is coming from. What is that industry like? What are the other options, the other courses that this person has purchased? We really have to start from there. I think the second thing that comes to mind is to think about the different types of courses that you can create. Usually there's this evergreen type mm -hmm. of course, which is something that you go, you pay and you do it yourself. Yep. There's a, another type of course, which is a done with you type mm -hmm. of course. And you can call some of these are called uh, co cohort based courses, CBCs, the, the fundamental learnings, the frameworks and the worksheets. But I promise you, Shannon, that if you show up, tomorrow at Wednesday at 6 p.m. or 5.30 p.m., I will walk you through each step. I will answer the questions live with you. And if anything isn't clear, I'll give you the answer. I promise. And then once you finish module one, I'll be here with you for module two. And then we'll have a workshop for module three because workshop number three is about building your lead magnet. I'm going to give you a template, a brainstorming sheet, and we're going to do an exercise together meaning that I'm going to take away as much of the risk, as much of the thinking, as much of the effort and time that you're going to have to put into this. So it, virtually, if you just show up and fill in the blanks, you're going to get the end result. Mm -hmm. Those are different things that you can use to, uh, to think about how can you reduce the risk, the effort, and the sacrifice that your customer has to put in to get the end transformation. And Definitely trying to steer away from the do-it-yourself course is a good idea, is a good strategy. Obviously, you're going to have to sacrifice some of your time, but it's a surefire way to, one, increase your prices, to increase your conversions, and to increase the likelihood that your customer is going to have success. Yeah, because people buy do-it-yourself stuff all the time and never do it. Right, because the, the reason, big reason why is when we buy a course, usually we're trying to emulate or learn a behavior that we don't have. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we don't have that behavior is, well, one, we don't have the belief system necessary to do it. We don't have the techniques. And then three, we simply emotionally and psychologically have never been through that process. We don't know the expectations, like how is it going to feel? It's so uncertain. That's why having a coaching program or a cohort-based cohort program where you go with some people along the, the way with you helps you at an emotional level 
to see like, hey, John is suffering and Shannon and Mary have similar questions that I do. I'm not the only idiot struggling with this stuff. Everybody's kind of stuck too. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. We're all getting through it. And I see her and him making progress. Well, why can't I do the same? And this has been filled with information that and I've learned so much. Trust me, I've learned a ton about courses, about my course is still in production. Like I've got tiny little bits of it all over my website, but the big piece of it is still in production. This has been really helpful for me learning the little bits about how to promote it and what to think about when it comes down to launch and how many emails are you actually going to send? Well, uh, thank you, Shannon, for having me on your show. It's been a pleasure. I've learned a lot from you as well on on how to create better content, on how to think about uh, when creating my content as well. And I'm I'm glad that you found some of the tips helpful. You can find more information at nerddigital.com. Can you say Um, that again? Sorry, what was that? At nerddigital.com. That's N-E-R-D. D-I-G-I-T-A-L.com. Perfect. And yeah, we have um, different tools and tips that you can walk away from, from uh, how to set up your your sales page for your course, how to generate a lead magnet for your course, um, and and much, much more. We have workshops that we put on as well. And so if you have a course and you're looking to scale to six figures in the next six months, hit us up at nerddigital.com. And, and for you too, Shannon, if, if I can be of any help to you, ah, for sure. I, if this has been so helpful and I have a few people that I will be sending your way, I will definitely be going over nerddigital.com because, uh, you know, when it comes to brand storytelling and how to wordify things to make it interesting, I, I pretty much have it. But, you know, there's always that technical stuff. Definitely be heading over there to learn more. So thank you very much for hanging out with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome, Shannon. Talk to you soon. Listener, I hope you learned something today. And if you do have a course, please drop by marketappeal.com. Go into the community. Just hit that community button on the front page there. And let me know what your course is. Don't forget, Market Appeal membership is free. And there even are some mini courses that you can take for free included in the Market Appeal membership. So head over to marketappeal.com to find out how you can tell your brand story better. Peel out.